0: datasets <sharp inhale>
1: Losing all shape. In past episodes, vanity has uh, caused me to wear a hat, but today I'm going hatless. As Chief Wiggum says, "Hatless today." I'm putting vanity aside, and I don't care anymore. I need a haircut, but I have nowhere to go, so I have no reason to look good to get a haircut. And that's why I'm doing these videos, is because I have nothing to do. As I've mentioned every time. Maybe if you've watched these before, you're tired of me hearing. I I need a new introduction. Somebody give me some ideas. How do I introduce these videos? Today I'm going to talk about a band, uh, by far the most obscure band. Well, maybe last week, last time, uh, Broken Teeth was more obscure. This is uh, very different this time. This is not Metallica or Iron Maiden or Kiss. This is Saigon Kick I'm going to talk about today. Saigon Kick is a band that, uh, if you're watching this, there, there are probably two... Ah, I was going to say two types of people watching this. I think there are two people maybe watching this. The one type that is that is interested in this is the person that is the real hardcore Saigon kick fan. Maybe you liked them in the 90s or, uh, uh, you know, something like that, you're a real fan. Or the other type is is the type that you have no idea who they are, but uh, you're looking for, for some new music. It's not new music. I mean, they're a band that's been around for a long time. But they might be new to you, and if and some people like getting new musical recommendations, this is for both of those types of people. Maybe there's a third group of people who just like to see a guy standing in front of a camera in his house talking about random crap, and that's what I'm going to do today. Saigon Kick is a band. They uh, they started, I guess. Uh, I'm I'm giving you the Wikipedia version now. I guess they started in '89 or '90 uh, in Florida, South Florida, maybe in. Uh, Earl Springs or in the Miami area, something like that. Uh, very, very different. I'm going to... A lot of these other bands, I've talked about their discography. I've, I've gotten into them maybe a little bit later in their career. Uh, Faith No More, I get into them on their third album. Kiss on their fourth album. Saigon Kick, I was into them right from the start. And I'm going to tell you my Saigon Kick story before I get to their discography. Now, if I remember correctly, as you... as you, um, I don't want to say as you get older, but as, as time passes... You start to, you don't forget things, but stories kind of morph together or you forget details or details change or something. Or maybe you misremember. That's a, that's a Roger Clemens thing. If anybody remembers Roger Clemens said you, he misremembered. You misremember things, but I'm going to tell you my version of this story with Saigon and Kick. I'm stretching this out already. This has probably been about three minutes of garbage. If I remember correctly, it was a Saturday in—I uh, know for sure it was March nineteen ninety-one, and if I remember correctly, it was a Saturday. And I—I I turned on Much Music. I lived in Toronto at the time, and Much Music. Um, I used to watch a lot of Much Music, and I turned on Much Music. And it was a Saturday afternoon, and they were interviewing a, a, a couple of guys. I think it was two of them. One guy was called Jason Beeler, The other guy was Matt Kramer, and they were from a band called uh, Saigon Kick. And I'd never heard them before, never seen them before. They had no idea they existed. But the reason they were on Much Music was they were they were promoting promoting themselves and promoting their show, if I remember correctly. I know this part is true. They're opening for Cheap Trick. Everybody knows Cheap Trick. Cheap Trick Cheap Trick was playing at Massey Hall in Toronto. I wanna say it was that night. It was that that Saturday night. Maybe it was the next day, but Saigon Kick was opening for Cheap Trick. And so they were doing a little thing in the studio and in the much music. They called it the much music uh, environment, I think, instead of a studio. And so they were talking, and these guys had long hair. And the, you know, at the time, I probably had longer hair than them. I was and still am a metalhead, despite the short, stupid hair. And um, so when when you turn on much music and you saw guys with long hair back then, right away you thought they must be in a, a cool band. There are some exceptions. And so I watched these guys, and they they talked about uh, the band Saigon Kick. And then, excuse me, and then they played the video. The the video was for a song called What You Say. What you say and what you do is a contradiction of the life that's safe and sound. And I I hate saying this. You know, people, when you hear about uh, people in bands or people talking about when they first heard a band, they say, I was blown away. It, it blew me away, or I, you know, something like that. I was I was blown away, man. I couldn't believe there was there was such a, a band as good as this as Saigon Kick. So they, they played this video for the song called What You Say. Now, what I what I remember correctly, and nobody can prove me wrong, so we'll say this is the truth. I immediately, when that video was over and when, when the interview was over, I I went to uh I lived in a place called Guelph, Ontario at the time, and there's there was a, a place called Stone Road Mall, and still is a place called Stone Road Mall. And I immediately... This was back in the day when it was very easy to buy uh, records or CDs. They had everything. I went to, to Stone Road Mall, at the record store. It was probably HMV. I think it was HMV that I bought it. And um, I went into the S section and I found... I'm sure they didn't have their own section, but I looked in miscellaneous S. And I found this one. This is the first Saigon Kick album. This has, as you can see, the second song... Was uh was what you say? This was a song I had just heard minutes before. Um, there's another band that I did this with too. When I heard them, I went out immediately, literally as soon as I heard it, I ran out and get it. I think I'm gonna do a video about that band later. We'll see. There's a, that's a a tease. We call it a tease in the industry. So so Saigon Kick, I bought this album immediately, and this was back in the day when, and if you're of a certain age, you'll know what I'm talking about. That was all you needed. One song was, was your gateway to buy the album. And, you know, now it's, it's very different. Obviously you have Spotify and you can, you can make playlists and you can download specific songs, things like that. But back then, God, this makes me sound so old. But back then, if you, if you heard something and you liked it, you went, I have throat problems. I hope it's not coronavirus. You went and, and you bought the album. So I bought, uh, I bought this album and I took it home and, Every song was was I loved every song as much as I loved what you say. Um, and now stopping about this album for a while, this this was my Saigon kick. I, I could make the argument they're they they're my favorite band of the 90s. Um, them and a couple of other ones, again another tease, one of the bands that I just kind of mentioned and another one were also front runners for my for me, the bands that that really kept me super interested in music. Saigon Kick was was one of the top three for sure. They were, um, they they were, I mean, if you if you look at them, they didn't look like other bands at the time. Other bands at the time, at least musically, that I like, you know, it was like Skid Row and Motley Crue, and still Metallica, of course, and Slayer, and things like that. But but Saigon Kick had a different look. Saigon Kick kind of maybe a little bit earlier, uh, a few years earlier. Jane's Addiction and Faith No More kind of showed me that music could be heavy, but it didn't have to be heavy metal, and I, I hope people understand what I'm talking about, because to me Saigon Kick wasn't metal, but they were heavy. They 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 had really heavy uh, riffs and, and, you know, kind of that angst and angry. Now, to be clear, I'm not saying they sounded like Jane's Addiction, because they didn't, and they didn't sound, I'm not saying they sounded like Faith No More, they also didn't sound like More but Faith No More, but they 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 made me realize that they were another one of those bands that music can be really heavy, very beautiful, but it, it's not it's not Iron Maiden or Judas Priest. So getting back to this album, every song was as good as what you say, and every song was as good as everything that came before it. Very different, very unique. They they didn't sound there was no Saigon Kick didn't sound like anybody. I'm saying they reminded me of James Addiction, Faith No More. They clearly didn't sound like them. This, this was, um, and they weren't, uh, this was a, this was a few months before 10 came out and before Nevermind came out. So you can't say they were grunge. Um, th- this album still is incredible. I, I don't know why people didn't really embrace this album. Maybe it was a timing thing if this had come out a year or two earlier or maybe a year, probably not a year or two later, but everybody should have loved this album. This should have been one that brought everybody together. This should have been what uh 10 ended up being or or nirvana everybody should have liked this metal fans should have liked this um, you know just casual music fans this is just an incredible album for me an all-time classic of the 90s when you're talking about debut albums not in terms of success this is this is in terms of I keep saying this word impact this for me was like appetite for destruction just four years later it was like uh like 10 but a few months like i said maybe 5 months earlier than 10 and um just incredible so the, this uh this album Saigon Kick i'm going to talk about uh when i do these things kind of my my favorite songs probably my it's hard to pick one as it should be with all good albums but maybe coming home is one of my favorite that was a, that was a really really very very heavy song um and then it had a really nice part in the middle. You fall in love with the lust. You fall in love with the sex. You fall in love with faith. The faith... I won't continue, but uh, yeah, that was maybe a, a good one. They had some really heavy ones on this. Um, what Do You Do? What Do You Do? Was uh kind of a a, a little bit of a punky song. and had a very punk attitude. Very aggressive. Kind of a, an, an angry, very... Look at the, the guy with the long hair and and you know, that type of song. It was very heavy, and also, um, Month of Sundays was very heavy about, that was a song about, like, serial killers, I guess. Ugly was a heavy song, but just some beautiful, beautiful stuff on here. Colors, "Susie," some acoustic stuff. Uh, My Life, clearly, uh, Beatles influence there. You, you couldn't, you couldn't, uh, pigeonhole this band, you couldn't pinpoint them. Like I said, they didn't sound like anybody. This, this was a, For me, a real introduction to a new style of music. And and nobody really ever sounded like them after. I don't, they weren't a big influence. They they weren't ever big enough, I guess, to be an influence. But uh, I know a lot of bands liked Saigon Kick. I remember Doug Pinnock from Kings X, I think, was uh, raving about Saigon Kick. And uh, who else? A couple of people. There were, there were, when you read uh, back then, again, making me sound old, when you used to read magazines. In '91, I guess it was mostly Rip magazine that I was reading. Uh, bands, I remember bands. I wish I could remember who they are, but they talked about this album and talked about Saigon Kick. And maybe, maybe a, a part of the reason why they didn't—this, this has been a debate for decades now over why, you know, people thought why weren't they bigger or they should have been bigger. They, they were kind of weird because maybe they didn't fit in. They did shows with, they did do shows with Faith No More, but they also did shows with Rat. And maybe I think. I, I love Rat. They they were, I think, maybe over the head of Rat fans, and I'm a huge Rat fan. I just did their discography, I think, in the last video I did. But I, I think they they wouldn't go over with a Rat crowd. Maybe more with a Faith and More crowd. Cheap Trick, as I said, was was my introduction. They were playing with Cheap Trick. I don't know if a Cheap Trick tra- crowd would get them. So they they had some some weird uh, some weird shows. But this one right here, this this album from 19, 1991. Was just incredible. Fourteen songs. Jeff Scott so- Jeff Scott Soto sings on a couple of them. I can't remember which one. Maybe I see you and Come Take Me Now, I think the last songs. But uh th- this is uh this this really is a huge album for me. I can't tell you how much I love this album. Yet it's not my favorite. First one, Saigon Kick. Now it's um I'm gonna get right to it. This was, this was, uh, The Lizard, 1992. I like this, I think, even more than the first album, which is pretty amazing. When, when you really like something that much, it's, it's hard to, to, to like something more. But this album came out, I think, in the summer of 92, maybe around May or June 92. And I bought it immediately and I thought, man, they're even better. This, this album was even better than the first one. Now, over the years, that kind of, my opinion kind of changes. It reminds me of, uh, again, with Faith No More, the real thing an angel does. Which one do I like better? Who cares, it doesn't matter. But sometimes when I listen to this, I think uh, this is clearly the best one. And sometimes when I listen to the first one, I think, nah, that's the best one. Same with uh, the real thing an angel dust, which I talked about in that video. But th- this was um, not that much different than the first album. It had the same kind of vibe. There was. Again, some really, really super catchy stuff, some really heavy stuff. I think Jason Beeler, which I'm going to talk about him a lot more as uh, as I as I continue to entertain you. Um, Jason Beeler, I'm going to talk about him right now. He might be, you know, metal fans especially, I think more than pop fans or rap fans or uh, country fans, or whatever, we like to compare. Part compartmentalize things. I don't know if that's, I think that's the word. We like to, you know, we, we like things in packages, so you have your favorite this and your best that, and, you know, the, the the 90s and the 80s and the hair metal and things like that. So, if the topic of favorite guitars comes up, I can't say, and it's kind of stupid to think about this now, you know, when you're a teenager, it's okay. I don't know if Jason Beeler is my favorite guitarist, but... I, he, he's pretty close. I mean, I heard Eddie Van Halen when I was 10 years old or 11 years old. And, uh, but man, for, for this time, for 91 when Saigon Kick came out, that, that kind of, the guitar hero was a little bit dead at that time. In my opinion, Jason Beeler should have been, and maybe still should be considered up there with, uh, who else at the time? I don't know, the, the, the you know, Ingvay Momstein or, whoever the guitar heroes were, although I never liked those guys. The thing I liked about Jason was that he was also in a great band. Now, to to, to make that even more amazing, he might be... You know, when I think about my favorite singers, who cares? And that list changes over time. It could be Eddie Vedder, Mike Patton, uh, James Hetfield. I, I would put Jason Beeler in that group of anybody. So when you combine singer and guitarist, Jason Beeler, that guy through the 90s and even still now, which, again, I'm going to talk about later... Uh, uh, just incredible. I, I had a non-sexual male crush on Jason Beeler and, uh, maybe I still do. He, he, and I mean, he, he was, he was not just the, the, at this point he was just the guitarist. But, uh, you know, he wrote, I guess, most of the stuff and it's, it's easy to see as I go on how much, how important Jason Beeler was to Saigon Kick. Not, I guess, to take anything away from anybody else. But this album, um, and th- this album was pretty big. Every Everybody knows if, if you're watching this, if you saw Saigon Kick, you probably wanted to hear me talk about Love Is On The Way, which was really their only hit. This this was when Mr. Big had um, To Be With You, and Extreme had More Than Words, and, uh, you know, that that kind of, the, the ballads, especially the acoustic ballads, maybe earlier, some years earlier, was the, the real power ballads, like Home Sweet Home, and, um... Uh what did Warren have? Um not sometimes she cries. Heaven. Um, poison, every rose has its thorn, uh I won't forget you, things like that. So it it's very unfair when, when people judge uh Saigon kicked by Love Is On the Way. They got the reputation as a hair band, which at that time in ninety two was horrible. That that was a, a death now. You didn't want to be called a hair band in, in nineteen ninety two. Maybe in 1987 you you would really embrace that but in 1992 that was the last thing you wanted anybody to call you. And so they got they got lumped in very unfairly as a hair band and because they had the ballad and not that love is on the way is a bad song. I loved it at the time. I did get tired of it as you do with these, you know, these singles that you can't get away from. But love is on the way was a great song, not even close to to my favorite. Maybe my favorite on here Hostile Youth was another and that was the first a single or a video from that album. Uh, I think I, if I remember correctly, I saw it before I had the album. Again, they used to sometimes put out videos in advance of the albums, and I think I saw the video for Hostile Youth before I bought this album. I'm almost sure I did. And again, just I, I as much as I liked uh, What You Say when I heard the first album, when I heard um, uh, Hostile Youth, just incredible. The very, very heavy song, and, and uh, some other heavy songs on here. Freedom, although that was never a favorite. Uh Maybe one that I don't really like from this album was Body Bags, a little bit of a knuckle dragger, kind of a Neanderthal meathead song. Not not my favorite, but uh, I, I would say my favorite on this one... I, I listened to this album yesterday, and I always liked this song, and it was always... When I listened to it yesterday, it was very clear my favorite i thought ah this is so obvious my favorite is world go world goes round the second to last song that's my favorite but also um feel the same way is another good one uh all i want which was a, another single and video for it that was one I never got tired of all I want is a just a fantastic song some other heavy ones the lizard the title track has a ah the riff in that song is brutal all all right is uh another good one kind of a uh, a little bit also heavy there. um and they had Chanel. Chanel was a song which they continued for the next two songs, next two albums. that was kind of a fun, jazzy, happy sounding song, but you know very uh kind of morbid lyrics so so this album, can you believe that this was maybe even better than than the second album? And other than than love is on the way, it's hard to say this flopped because this was this this was much bigger than than the first album. But I, I don't think this one, I don't need to hold it anymore. I don't, I don't think, um The Lizard, uh, did as well as it should have. They, they seemed like a band that was really gonna just take off. But again, maybe the time was bad. So, so The Lizard is, is, uh, The Lizard and the first album, I, I love them both. Let's say for today, equally. Alright? Next was, um nineteen ninety-three and I haven't mentioned my concert history with Saigon Kick and there's a reason for that. Uh which I'll talk about that now before I get to uh to this album water. I didn't see them with Cheat Trick. They came with um, I think it was in ninety-two or early ninety-three. They came back to Massey Hall opening for Extreme, which I thought was a great matchup because they uh, you had Jason Beeler and Saigon Kick and Nuno Betancourt. In extreme and and they were both. Um, I was never a big extreme fan, although I love pornography. But I thought that was a great tour, uh, extreme and, and uh, Saigon Kick. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't go to that show. I'm not sure. Water. I can't remember. But anyway, I'm going to talk about this now. Huge changes were abound with this album. I'm going to put it down for a minute. Matt Kramer, the singer of Saigon Kick. He didn't die. I'm doing this. He didn't die. He didn't get his throat cut. He, he just, he left the band or got fired. I'm not sure. And as I've mentioned before in, in these videos that I do, obviously for most people, the, the most important band member is the singer. The, the, sing, if you hate the singer, it's very hard to like a band. And if you love the singer, if you, if you like the guy's voice, you're, you're probably gonna, gonna love the band. Uh, maybe if, even if you think the music is, so, so, if you, if you like the singer, the singer's the main thing. So, Matt Kramer's gone. I thought, man, how, how can this be? How can, uh you know, my favorite band, and, and they look like they were really gonna take off and, and you know, be, be the stars of the scene, and Matt Kramer's gone. Now, again, going back to the the wonky memory, I can't remember if I knew he was gone before this album came out, or if I bought this album and... Looked at it and saw, and you know, Matt Kramer is missing. In any case, he was gone. Now, I, I remember I bought this album at, uh, when I lived in Guelph at the time, there was a, a record store. It was downtown Guelph. I There's not a single person watching this that knows, that has any idea what I'm talking about. There used to be a strip club downtown called the Chooch. And beside it, there was a record store, which I can't remember the name of, but it was a good store. And I bought it there. I used to buy a lot of records there or CDs, whatever. And uh, I went in there and I bought it, and I think it was then that I discovered that, uh, so I I found this water and I, I, now you can see on the back, conspicuous by his absence, as Gorilla Monsoon says. No Matt Kramer, so it, it was Jason Beeler, now Jason was singing lead and playing guitar, Phil Verone was still on drums, and they had a new guy called Chris McLernan playing bass. Tom Defile was the uh, was the bass player on the first two albums. They had this uh, handsome fella here. His, his name is Chris McLernan. And you know, when when bands change members, your first instinct is to raise your eyebrow, and you, you you it's it's not a positive thing. Typically, member changes. I like this album better than the other two. I just talked about how I, how much I love the first album. And I liked the lizardy more. This was even better. Now the the thing about Jason taking over lead vocals on this, it made you really realize how much he sang on the first two albums and, and how much, uh, he, he really made the Saigon Kick sound. It totally reminds me of Jerry Cantrell with Alice in Chains. Again, to be clear, I'm not saying that, uh, that that Jerry, that 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 Sidon kicking out and, and uh, Allison Chains sound the same. They don't. They're they're not even close. But just in the fact that um, they're they're guitarists, but they they really really they did more than sing backup vocals. Jerry Cantrell had a huge role on in Allison in Chains, which became very obvious after uh, after Lane Staley died, and even I think while he was alive, when when uh, Allison Chains played live, you saw wow, Jerry Cantrell. I I heard these. You know, these voices when I listen to their records and I didn't realize how much Jerry Cantrell sang and that's the same with, uh, with Jason Beeler, who I think at this point was just calling himself Jason. I think he didn't, I think he didn't like Beeler. Yeah, it says produced by Jason. The Lizard was produced by Jason Beeler. So he was going for a Cher Madonna uh, type thing. But, uh, this, this album, oh my God, it's incredible. And I haven't even got to my favorite Saigon Kick album, which is I guess pretty obvious yes. coming up next. So this, it, it really was not that much different than, than the first two albums, especially not different than The Lizard, just that it was it was Jason singing. Now for me, as much as I love Saga on Kick, the first two albums, and Matt Kramer too, I thought he was, he was a, just an incredible singer. I like Jason even more. I, I, I think that when you, when you hear the, the songs from the first two albums live, and something we're gonna talk about later, some some old songs that surface much later as demos of old songs that Matt Kramer sang, but Jason sang them originally on the demos. I like them better. Uh I gotta say I love Matt Kramer, but for me Jason Beeler is the clearly the, the best singer for Saigon Kick. Maybe because it's him singing his own material. So so this album not that much different. Like I said, it had that great, that perfect mixture of Really heavy stuff like the opening song, One Step Closer, um, but also just unbelievably beautiful, not just ballads, but things like, uh, I'll say right now, probably my, my two favorite songs on this one are the title track, Water, Water Flows Down Upon Your Face, My Love for You Won't Die, and uh, The Way, which are... Two of the of the softer songs on the album. I don't necessarily I mean I love Slayer. Slayer's one of my favorite bands. Motorhead, Metallica, X's. I'm a I'm a metal guy. But I for for I think Saigon Kick, I didn't need them to be heavy, although I did love their heavy stuff. So The Way and Water, the title track, are probably my two favorites on this one. Uh, something really unique about Water, the title track, the song, not the album was uh it was very very different there this was very uh it had it sounded i don't know if the drums were live drums or if they were programmed and i'm not saying anything bad about it because if you're paying attention i just said a few seconds ago it's my favorite song but it had a, a very it, it sounded it just sounded different for Saigon kick but man i loved it and I still love it uh, now, the, the heavy songs on this one, as I said, One Step Closer. As soon as I heard that, it, it to me, it sounded like Zach Wilde playing. J- Jason's guitar, had a, he had a really uh, pinch harmonics, I guess you, you call them. Very, very heavy song. And um, Torture was also heavy. Um, when You Were Mine, was a, that's another great one. A very happy, not ballady song, but just incredible. This, this album, this is three in a row where they got better. Uh they also did a cover of Space Oddity by uh David Bowie, which I'm gonna say it, I like it better than, than the original. I was never a big David Bowie fan, but Saigon Kick made made this uh enough of the pointing. I, I have this thing with pointing, like a monkey. Monkey's points, that's what Homer says. Or that's what the guy said to Homer, monkeys point. Um, yeah, Space Oddity was great. It was it was uh it it was obviously I mean, you, you heard it right away and you know it's, it wasn't that much different that you would say, who is, you know, is this Space Oddity? But it was different enough that you go, ah, oh, this is, this is really, really different. Um, so yeah, so water is just incredible and it got better. Saigon kick water. It got even better with Devil in the Details, 1995. This was, this is my favorite Saigon kick album. I could tell you, it wouldn't be a lie if I told you this, this is my favorite album of the 90s. Um, there, there are some other ones and I would maybe have to rethink that, but I, probably at least in terms of the, the number of times I listened to it, this was probably my most listened to album of the 90s. I can think of two other ones and they're the two bands that I mentioned before that I'm going to talk about their discography, um, at some point. Uh, th- those albums I maybe listen to more, but Devil in the Details, if you, uh, if anybody's watching this and you don't recognize this, this is because this is the German import version. That's that was uh, my level of, of Saigon Kick fandom was that I, I did buy the the import version. I did have the original version in 1995 when it came out. I think I got this one quite a few years later. I think I got this in the internet era, maybe around 99 or 2000, and because it had two bonus tracks, "Sky Is Falling" in the one. And back then, it, you know, it was it was hard to the only the only way I could hear these songs was if I bought this uh, this uh, this album for a second time. You couldn't download. There's no Spotify streaming, YouTube, something like that. Um, so the, this was '95. By this point, nobody cared about Saigon Kick except me and a very very small hardcore group of people. But this is this is. Unquestionably my favorite Saigon Kick album. The water is close, but this, this is clearly better. The same, I mean, it's amazing how versatile Saigon Kick was, but at the same time, all their albums, they, they weren't really different from, from one another. This, this had again the, the, just the most perfect mix of heavy, like, uh, what was really heavy on here? I guess maybe, um, all around, killing ground for sure. And then I had the beautiful song, Spanish rain, Afraid, um, sunshine. The, these were these were great songs. Going on was another nice one. A, a great, uh, not really a ballad, but good acoustic guitar. Now the the bonus. Uh, now I'll get, I'll get to my favorite songs on this. Maybe my most listened to song was Russian Girl, and I loved they they did a, an intro to Russian Girl, which is a very Lion King thing. That, to me, it's part of Russian Girl, the song. I, I can't listen to one. I have to listen to them together. Yeah, maybe Russian Girl, let me stay a while. Please let me stay a while, Russian Girl. In in the summer of 95 and probably 96, too, uh, my best friend in Toronto at the time, when we used to drive anywhere, when it was my car, we listened to my music, and I, I can't say I forced him to listen to this, because I think he bought the first two Saigon Kick albums, but I, I think I drilled the song "Russian Girl" into. He kind of lost track with Saigon Kick, poser. But I, I drilled "Russian Girl" into his head, and I, I think he liked that song. So I, I think maybe "Russian Girl" is my favorite, and "Flesh and Bone," which really reminds me of. This is going to sound strange. Really reminds me of, and always did of, uh, "Wherever I Roam, Wherever I May Roam" by Metallica. Uh The, in, the intro is very similar. There, it doesn't sound like "Wherever I May Roam," but it has a few of the same aspects. It has the vibe of wherever I may roam. Now, there's another song in here called Eden, which was, again, a very unique song. It had kind of a... I don't know if it was a real piano in it or, or like, if it was programmed, but it had... It always reminded me of the melody. reminded me of um, Broadway. I guess it's Frank Sinatra. On Broadway. It always reminded me of that. And that's an excellent song, too. Uh, But... Man, I can't, I can't say enough how much I love this one. Now the bonus tracks, "Sky Is Falling." Um, oh, now speaking of bonus tracks, I forgot. Uh, Water had uh, "Never Enough," which totally sounded like a uh, symphony of destruction by by Megadeth. But "Sky Is Falling" was was one of the bonus tracks on the German edition, and the one, the one that that might be one of my not might be it is one of my favorite Saigon kicks ever. That's a totally, totally unique sound. It doesn't, if you like Saigon Kick because of, uh, month of Sundays or body bags or something like that, you would hate the one. Cause it's, uh, it, it's not a ballad. It, it, it's a very nice, it is kind of like a love, like a romantic song. But it's a very fun song. And it, it sounds again, like it has programmed drums similar to water. And, but again, no problem. I, it's, those are two of my favorite Saigon Kick songs ever. So yeah, the one, it's amazing that the bonus track, which in many cases I think are throwaways, that, uh, that the one is my favorite. Uh, another, now this also had a, a lineup change. This was still Jason, of course, still Phil Verone on drums, still Chris McLernan on bass. They had a, a guy here called uh, Pete Dombrowski. They added a, a second guitarist. I think he had played with them live. I think they had him as a touring guitarist during water. Um, I, I'm not sure but th- this was the first album that he played on and I'm not sure how much he played I, I actually I think I have it on I think good authority that he's all over this album but anyway uh, incredible album and a little a little different look I think this was maybe another reason people didn't embrace Saigon kick they, they had a very different look Jason had a I, I think you called the reverse pie slice haircut he had like a like a mohawk, but like a it was cut like shaved like a pie here, and you can see Phil Verone had uh, had a, a mohawk, and Pete Dombrowski had long hair, Chris McClernan had short hair, so no nobody knew the hair metal people. I mean, this was '95; that was long over. But I think people didn't know what what to make of Saigon Kick. A lot of people said they were ahead of their time, which may have been true. Very unique. Um, but Man, Oh Man, 1995, this was the album for me for 1995. I, I can't even remember another album that came out in 95. Metallica Load was 96. Uh, Pantera had albums in 94 and 96. Hands down, the, the the best album of 95, and maybe one of my top five, maybe top three, maybe even number one albums of the 90s. This was called Devil in the Details, and you should listen to it. Um, that, that was almost it. Uh, there's still a lot more to go. Uh, sorry. But that, that was basically it. Now, in, um, maybe 98 or something, they, and I did buy it, but I don't have it with me now. They had a a compilation album, which was called Greatest Misses, not Greatest Hits, but Greatest Misses, and it was MRS. (laughs) Ha ha, you get it. Uh, and it was, it was a compilation album from, um. From their their four studio albums up to that point, and I think three live songs. Uh, no, I think it was three live songs, and there was a an unreleased song called "Hey Hey Hey," which I'm going to talk about in a in a minute. Um, and Marilyn Manson he didn't write the liner notes for it, but he Marilyn Manson came up in South Florida, I guess, around the time of Saigon Kick, and he was a huge Saigon Kick fan. Marilyn, I always thought. Saigon Kick kind of missed the chance to, to promote themselves by not playing up the, the Marilyn Manson angle. Um, but he, he didn't write the liner notes, but they included a scan or a picture of uh, something that Marilyn Manson, when he was Brian Warner, before he became Marilyn Manson, that he had written for a local Florida magazine about how much he loved Saigon Kick when they were a local band. So that that was Greatest Misses. Nothing nothing special about that album. It, it was, like most compilations, it was, I guess the 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 lure of three live songs and especially an unreleased song was was why I bought it but uh, then in 99 this was this was moments from the fringe this was another one that had two different album covers uh, Jason Beeler he was one of the first guys I remember reading about Jason Beeler in the 90s talking about something called the internet and he was taking advantage of releasing music digitally and um, that, that you could buy his music online and I bought this online I bought this in 1999 from a, a place called BBB music BBB music BBB was Baron Von Bielski which was Jason Bieler's uh his alias or a nickname that he I guess he gave himself and he had a website called BBB music where i it's hard to explain music music sites everything was different this was in 98 99 and you, you could listen to, to his music back then, and you could also order this, which I did. This, this was one of the very, very early things I ever ordered on the Internet. Maybe the first. There was another one that I thought was before it. But this was So, th- so this was uh, called Moments from the Fringe. This was another compilation, but very different than The Greatest Misses, which was all previously released material. This was 100% previously on the release. This was, what is it, about 20 songs on, on here, something like this. Um, mostly this was '97 or '98. This was almost all demos, but they did have one. The first song was called "Dizzy's Vine." They briefly got back together with Matt Kramer in '96 or '97, and it was uh, Matt, Jason, Phil, and I think it was Chris McLaren at the time. I, I don't think it was Tom Defile, and they they recorded this song called uh, "Dizzy's Vine," and I loved it as again going back to to the other ones. What I said earlier, I loved it as much as anything I had heard. From Saigon Kick, and at this point they had been around for eight years, and I, I couldn't believe that there was a band that had been around that long that I loved. Something eight years later, as much as I did their first album. So so Dizzy's Vine was the only new song on here, and very very different. It, it had uh, it it wasn't heavy at all. It did have guitars, but it had uh, synthesizers or keyboards. If if you were a metal fan or a hard rock fan or a glam metal or uh, hair, whatever you call these, these, uh, these bands, you would have hated this. this. This was not for you. And this was also not for the thrash metal people. This was not for the alternative people, the people that were listening to Smashing Pumpkins. Totally different. The, just, just the most, maybe one of the most unique bands I've ever heard. There's another one that I could mention that I might do a video for. So the, there were, there were some songs on here that were demos of old songs. Uh, some were from the Lizard, some were from uh, the, the Jason albums. Now there, there were a couple God of 42nd Street feel the same way, which were originally on The Lizard, but as I mentioned earlier, th- these were demos that Jason had done. Jason did these, so it was, it was him singing. As I mentioned earlier, I like those better I like his versions better than Matt's. Uh, Hostile youth was another one. Um, but I think Matt sang on this demo. All I want was another one from the lizard that on, on the demo here. Jason sang that one, but there, there were uh, and love is on the way. There was a, a demo version of that with, with just Jason and and a, a, a acoustic guitar. Pardon the stuttering, but a lot of a lot of songs that were completely not new, not new songs, but unreleased. Um, there was also an acoustic version of Colors, Hey Hey Hey, as I mentioned, that was on Greatest Misses, Homeland, Beautiful, My Only Friend, Spidey the Rapist. Spidey the Rapist went to Sweden. Uh, He You couldn't sing a song like this anymore, I think. Me too. Hashtag me too. Um, What else was new on here? Uh, Oh, there was a When You Were Mine, which was on water, and there was a demo version of here. Hostile Youth, I I think I said that. Uh, You and I was a great one from water that was never released. Great, great, great song. Uh, My Heart Screams. Salvation was a, another completely unreleased song, and the, the Lizard. This, I mean, even though this is just a collection, and I guess for real hardcore people, as, as full albums from beginning to end, this is as good as The Lizard, it's as good as Devil in the Details and Water in the first album. When this came out, or when I received this and I got it, or when I ordered online, I listened to it constantly, constantly. This is the first new Saigon kick music I had heard, I guess at that point, for about four years. So I was very, very excited to hear it. Favorite on this one, really hard to say. Uh, I do love Spidey the Rapist. Um, he found the girl of his dreams. She had a mohawk and a drink, which made her fair game to him. Um, what else? My Only Friend, a beautiful song. It, it's uh, Jason says uh, it was like a Sesame Street song, which it was. It was a very happy, fun, really, really nice song. Beautiful song. Homeland was, uh, and, oh, every, every, I love every song on here. Beautiful was was maybe more like an original. That was very different for Saigon Kid too. That was a little bit more of a straight ahead rock song. That that could have been uh, uh, that again. It doesn't sound like, but it could have been a Motley Crue song or something like that. Um, Spot him a beer. Another kind of fun, crazy, you know, different song. You and I again. A lot, of, a lot of great, great songs on here. This is a fantastic album. I think there are maybe 17 people in the world who have this album, and I'm one, and I love it. Next, now, this was, um, I, this is another one I don't have in front of me. In, in 1999, Saigon Kick released an album called Bastards, and I hated that title. I thought Bastards was a really bad, really bad title for a Saigon Kick album. I'm a huge Motorhead fan, and Motorhead had an album called *Bastards* in 1993. In my opinion, the, the last uh, really, really good Motorhead album. And *Bastards* is very appropriate for a Motorhead song uh, album title. For *Saigon Kick*, it's not offensive to me; it doesn't bother me. I just thought, man, for for a band like *Saigon Kick*, it always bugged me a little bit that they called the album *Bastards*. Um, kind of an interesting thing about that. That was. The, the first, and as I can think of now, the only album that had emoticons on it. This was in 1999. Jason was ahead of the game. He put uh, the yellow emoticons on the on the cover of Bastards. Uh, everything about this album was a fail, except the music. The the cover kind of sucked. The the album title sucked. It it seemed like it was. um I I never disliked it. Some of it I really really liked, but to me it was it was. That's totally, totally hundred percent different sound than Saigon Kit. It was much more straight ahead rock. It didn't it didn't have this Saigon Kit uniqueness, although they were still great songs. I guess as long as Jason Beeler is writing songs, I'm gonna like them. Um, but they they were straight ahead rock songs and I don't know what was happening and I'm not even sure who played on that album at the time. That one I had to buy that one I think was only released in Japan. That one I bought either on eBay or Amazon. This was when Amazon, I think, only sold books and CDs. But it was another one I only bought uh, that I I think it was only available online, at least if you're in North America. But I bought that, and it was... Um, I'm not sure. That album is still a little bit of a, of a mystery to me. Because later, or around the same time, I think it was later, Jason, on his BVB website, as I mentioned, he released a bunch of songs many of which were on Bastards. I can't remember if Bastards came out before or after. A Lot Like You was one. I think they were a little bit different. A Lot Like You, um, Maybe We Never Met. Uh, that that was a strange time. A lot of these songs have two versions. They had uh, like a Saigon kick version, and then later maybe it was like a Super Transatlantic version, which I'll maybe talk about a little bit later. But um, I think now at this point... Chris, McC- uh, not Chris McClernand, Phil Verone was out. He wasn't playing drums. It was a new guy called Ricky Sanders, who was in a great band called Wobble that I think I might be the only person in the world who, I have it over here. I, I have the Wobble CD. Wobble was a really cool band. So Ricky Sanders, who's the opposite, he's the anti-Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl started playing drums and then switched to singing and uh, guitar. Um, Ricky Sanders started in Wobble playing guitar and singing, and then he switched to drums and Saigon Kick. I think Phil Verone just played on one song. I think he played on Nero, which was the last song. Uh, Chris McClernand I guess, played bass, or he was credited, although maybe Jason played some bass, I'm not sure. So Bastards is a, a weird album for me. I, it, it was the, the only Saigon Kick album that I didn't say, my God, when I first heard it. Not, not bad. I actually, as I said, I do like a lot of it. Ah, now there was also, I'm not sure, a lot of this is very confusing. As I mentioned earlier, man, oh man, I'm really, really rambling here. With uh, Devil in the Details, I mentioned that maybe my favorite song was uh, The One. Somewhere around this time, now um, I don't think, there was a, the, the original version of The One, which wasn't on Bastards, but maybe Jason released it later on BDV. It's not even the same song. I don't, I don't really like it. It was much more like a kind of, to me, like a cheesy power ballad. It was much, much better. The, the original, to go from the original demo to, to the version that was on, uh, Devil in the Details was one of the biggest steps up in music history because, because I love, uh, the one, the original version. Eh, it was just a cheesy grand power ballad. Not that good. Um, now going on, continuing with Saigon Kick. Maybe in 2001, they, or I wouldn't say they, they released, it was under the name Saigon Kick, a live album. I think it was called Greatest Hits Worldwide or Worldwide, no, Worldwide Live with Scorpion. Something something like that. Greatest Hits Worldwide or Saigon Kick Live, something like that. Now, from what I remember, there was a lot of uh, bad blood about this album. Apparently, I I guess... Phil Barone, the drummer, had some some live recordings. Somehow he had them, and he basically put this live album out himself. He didn't write—I mean, none of—he didn't write any of the songs. He he played on the albums and he played on the live albums. But I think there was a lot, a lot of uh, bad blood between him at the time because he maybe he had no right to put out the live album, and it wasn't that good. The, the, it was um, it, it wasn't—it just wasn't put together very well. I think they were all taken from different shows. Maybe they all sounded different. They they maybe were each song had a different lineup, something like that. It was basically just like a, a collection of various live songs from over the year, I guess recorded from the soundboard. Now I do remember. I maybe listened to that album once or twice and never again since 2001. Although I love, I mentioned that the way from Water might be my favorite song on that album. The live version of the way that's on that live album is fantastic. I maybe like that better than the studio album so so that live album was a waste of time really it's it's uh it, it's pretty pointless that's it i think that's it for uh for and kick now this is the this is the, the 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 uh the bonus this is when when this gets released to blu ray this is going to be the bonus disc this is the the extra stuff i'm going to talk about uh Jason Beeler, all right, again with my non-gay, non-sexual crush on Jason Beeler. Jason Bieler is maybe my favorite musician of all time. I mentioned earlier he could be my favorite singer, he could be my favorite guitarist, but I think more than anything, nobody, maybe ah, Prince or somebody like that, nobody is more or was or I think even still is more proficient than Jason Beeler. This guy was just constantly doing something with music and in also i think 1998 jason who who really is Saigon Kick he released this album on on his own label on uh BBB which i mentioned this was called Houston We Have a Problem and he, he released this independently he 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 had uh, BBB music later he had uh um, Beeler Brothers Records with his brother Aaron and this Man, I'm telling you, this is as good, forget about what I said about Devil in the Details being my favorite Saigon Kick album. This is better than Devil in the Details. I just, my God, what an album this is. I Now, at the time this came out, Saigon Kick was more or less over. This is, in many ways, couldn't be any more different than, than Saigon Kick. Again, if, if you like Saigon Kick's heavier stuff, and if you like rock, and if you like heavy music, You will hate this album. This There are many songs on this that are flat out, 100% dance or rave or electronic music or something. I love them. Now, this is not the... And I think this is why I like... I don't love this album because I love Jason. I think I love Jason because I love this album. I listen to this as much as I listen to Devil in the Details and Water. Um, The first song, Control is uh that that's maybe the closest you'll get to if you were an old saigon kick fan maybe control is the the closest you'll get to having a uh jason Beeler rock song other than that every song on here was was pretty much not a lot of guitar on this very um a little bit of acoustic John and paul which is another great song if i were if I were john and you were Paul um one fine day. That's a good acoustic song. Um, very, very unique album. This is like, you know, if, if Saigon Kick was, you know, like nothing you've ever heard before. This was that much more, you know, crazy and unique than Saigon Kick was. Favorite song on this one. Ooh, almost, almost everyone. This is this is like Devil in the Details. Maybe. um... Control. I you know I, I do like the rock songs sometimes too. Uh, Jupiter in between Jupiter and Mars. Total total rave dance song. One fine day as I mentioned. Maybe Shadows, Shadows of Her Love. It's it's called Shadows. Shadows of her love are beaten. Um, treason, can you feel it coming faster? Uh, what is it what are the lyrics? Can you feel it coming faster? Right behind your newfound master. Treason, it's it's a great song. Who do you love is very fun. That's a piano song. Very, very fun songs, kind of in the same vein as My Only Friend, although that was acoustic guitar. I don't know how many people have this album, but it it, it might be less than ten. And I'm one of them. This is uh th- this is this is better than any Beatles album. There, what do you think of that? Forget about the Rolling Stones. Go listen to Houston Has a problem by Jason Beeler. And, uh, j just perfect. Now, later, I'm, I'm getting excited, I, I'm, I'm sweating, I'm, I'm getting out of control. Uh, in 2000, I guess it was, 2001, Jason again, he started, no, I guess it was earlier than that. Oh, there's such a warped timeline, very hard to remember all these things. Very briefly, Jason had a band called Flat, and they recorded maybe 20 songs and Jason released them on his uh on his VVV website. I think back then you could he had all these songs and you could pick the songs and he would burn them on a the CD and and send you that CD in the mail. Very very again very ahead of the time. This was 98. Yeah, 97 98. And um, you you could of the 20 or 25 songs, you could pick 18 or something like that and he would burn them onto a CD. Of course, I ended up getting all of them. A lot of those were, I guess, turned out to be flat demos, which then later became Super Transatlantic. Again, this is very hard to to remember. There was Flat, Super Transatlantic, Jason Solo, Saigon Kick, uh, BVB Music, Beeler Brothers. Very, very hard to remember all this. It was very exciting at that time. This this was in the very, very early days of the internet. It was very exciting to to just have access to all this music that wasn't being released in traditional by traditional means. You. You know, you can buy this in record stores. They, it wasn't CDs that you could order from Amazon or anything like that. So uh Super Transatlantic had one album called Shuttlecock, one official album. This was a little bit side-on kick. This was to me where bastards left off. It was Jason, of course, Pete Dembrowski, who had been on uh Devil in the Details, uh Pat Badger, the bass player from Extreme, was the bass player in uh in uh, Super Transatlantic, and Ricky Sanders, again, from the great Wobble. And they put put out an album in 2000 called Shuttlecock. Before that, they they had one song called Super Down that was on the uh, American Pie soundtrack. And I loved it. To me, I didn't... I mean, I had my favorites, but I also couldn't say I liked one thing better than the other. I, I just... You know, there was there was nobody else, especially at that time, who was whose music I liked as much as Jason Beelers and I didn't really care what umbrella he put it out under. Um, now he also had some other solo songs, another twenty or something solo songs, which were in addition to what he was doing with flat and everything. This guy has written a lot of songs. I, I think most people don't realize just just how how active this guy is and still is. Owl Stretching. What, what is that? What the hell is Owl Stretching? It's a terrible name for a band, is what it is. When I heard that Jason was, was doing this uh, band or project called Owl Stretching, I thought it was an awful name. I understand it's from a Monty Python skit, but I didn't care. I thought, that name sucks. But that doesn't change anything because I like Owl Stretching as much as I like Saigon Kick and as much as I love Houston We Have a Problem and as much as I love Super Transatlantic and Shuttlecock and everything. And um, now, this this is really difficult to explain. Owl Stretching, I think, originally was a band. Or the idea was a band. It was going to be Jason. I think he got together originally with Chris McClernand. And I think also Ricky Sanders, maybe just the three of them. Maybe they, they did one song like that. I'm not even sure. The idea was it was going to be a band. But I think that didn't last very long. And Jason just started recording songs on his own. He has a, a home studio. And... So every he, the first one he did the first one he released was a re not a remixing it was a completely different brand new version of of uh the lizard the the title track from the 1992 lizard album in 2002. Sorry, the lizard was 92 this was in 2012. Um and it anyway it, it was the lizard it was the new version and it 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 had the same the same skeleton as the lizard lizard but very very different. And then so every since then, I guess since about 2012, under the, the owl stretching name, he would put out, maybe he would put out a song today and then maybe next week put out another song and then two months later put out two more songs and then a week later put another song. It was just completely random. There was no schedule. You know, I would, I remember going, going on Facebook and seeing, oh, a new owl stretching song and he has a band camp. And, you know, you could, you can listen to them there, stream them or download them, whatever. Following in the same vein as Saigon Kick, which was, there, there was no, you know, he, he wasn't following from formula. Some, some stuff was, some, some owl stretching stuff was and is as wacky as any Saigon Kick stuff or any of Jason's solo stuff from Houston We Have a Problem. To me, it's, it's really a continue, continuation of Houston. Who's, yeah. Houston We Have a Problem. Very, very strange songs. And none of them, every every one sounds different than the one he put out before. Not too much guitar. The, again, they're not for the Saigon Kick fans. If you like, you know the the heavy side of Saigon Kick, you're you're not gonna love, you're not gonna like Owl Stretching. Now Owl Stretching. Then at some point, he just started calling himself Jason Beeler again. I and I, he explained it once. He does a uh, And going back to BBB in 98 and 99, Jason always did cool stuff with fans. He did like live chats. Even going back to 98, he'd say, I'm going to be online on BBB, so come to the chat room. And so he explained a few years ago about the the morphing from Owl Stretching to Jason Beeler. I think he said it was just easier. It was maybe confusing to people what Owl Stretching was because it wasn't a band. Although I think Chris McClernand played on at least one song, which was Keep Calm and Carry On, and I think Ricky Sanders played on a few songs. Very hard to keep track. I, I looked on my phone earlier, I have 240, Jason, under the, you know, where it shows your artist. I Under Jason Beeler, I have 240 or 260 songs, something like that. Some of those are repeats because he put them out as singles and then he would group all the singles together and put them out as an EP, only through Bandcamp. He, he hasn't released anything physically. Uh, I would, I would guess under the Jason Beeler brand, I guess, is the, is what you call it now. He probably has 180 or 200 songs, maybe something like that. All available for, for download on, uh, I feel like I'm his, his publicist or his agent or his manager. On Jason Beeler, uh, on his band camp, you can go and use, you can listen to these. He's now working on, I, I, I mean, he's calling it a solo album. It's for Frontiers Record. I have no idea when it's coming out. I do know Jeff Scott Soto is singing on it. I assume it's, it's basically, I think what he does is, or what he's done with Owl Stretching slash Jason Beeler, is he records a song and he says, here it is. Kind of like what I do with these videos. And I'm not comparing myself to Jason Beeler, but he, he goes in, in his studio, in his house, he records a song, and it's, he has it online within an hour or two hours and you can listen to it and download it. So I think I... This is based on purely my speculation, not on anything he's said. I get the idea that... Now, he hasn't put any songs out for... Maybe eight months or a year, maybe something like that. I get the idea that he has all these songs ready. They're in the hopper. They're ready to go. And he's just collecting them all, and then he's going to put them all out as an album through uh, through Frontier's record. So... I've run out of things to say about Jason Beeler and Saigon Kick. Uh, also, I'm getting very tired and it, it, it's hard on your back to stand in one position for uh, for for a long time and, and not shift your weight. So, but yeah, Jason Beeler, uh, I don't know what else to say other than he, he's maybe my, my favorite musician ever. I'm not saying he's the greatest or the best, but in, in terms of just consistency and the guy never takes a break, um, and you never know what to expect from him. Jace, Jason Beeler for me, forget about... Uh, I hate to say it, but forget about Faith No More and forget about Pearl Jam and uh, Metallica and Iron Maiden. J- Jason Beeler. And maybe a kind of cool thing about Jason too is it, it's kind of cool when, when I feel like he's... This sounds gay, that, that he's my... You know, he, he nobody really knows about him, and, and it's it's kind of like when I listen to Metallica in '83 and '84, when nobody knows about them, it's kind of something that you 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 hold dear, you hold close to you because it, it feels like your thing. Uh, I I hope I wish he would become really successful, although in an, in another way I hope he doesn't because that, that would maybe change it for it. But so that's it. Uh, Jason, the other Saigon Kick, Super Transatlantic, Flat. I didn't even mention the Saigon Kick demos that were never released. I would have to say I'm, I'm one of the world's foremost foremost authorities on, on all things Saigon kick. They have uh, Motion. There are two versions of this song, Motion. Uh, they did a cover of Love My Way by Psychedelic Furs, which might have been as flat. They did Mr. Brown. Uh, what else? Annabelle. Um, there are many Saigon kick songs and Jason songs, I think, that a lot of people have never heard. I think also if you if you check my YouTube channel, you'll find some ultra, super mega rare Saigon Kick footage from long, long time ago. Uh, so even when I say I'm done, I'm not done. Uh, that's it. That's... Uh, I, I can't really... I could say a lot more, but I don't want to. Um, Jason Beeler, Saigon Kick, super transatlantic, flat, everything, demos, unreleased, everything. What a musical smorgasbord this guy has produced for me in my life. Super important in my life. Uh, music is... Just about my favorite thing. It's great when you're feeling good. It's maybe even better when you're feeling bad. And and, uh, uh, nothing for me is is as good as music. And nothing I think has been as good for me as Jason Beeler music. That's it for now. Stay tuned. I'm going to do a couple more. And uh, thanks for watching or scrolling or whatever you did. See ya.